happy Friday to you and welcome to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. This is our Friday Five, where we bring you at least five headlines, important things that happened this week that you should know about. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel. It is January 26th, 2024. We're getting ready to close out the month, and we've got a couple of updates for you this week. First things first, and starting out with number one on our list, Apple iOS 17.3 did indeed come out this week. We talked about the new stolen device protection feature that Apple had planned to include on the release. Apple has labeled iOS 17.3 with an update now warning because in addition to the new stolen device protection feature, there are also several security fixes included. Apple mentioned that what they've fixed was in response to real-life attacks, but they're not commenting on what those attacks were. But the TLDR here, if you're on iOS 17.2, Update to iOS 17.3 as soon as you can. You will get access to stolen device protection, collaborative Apple Music playlists, and playlist emoji reactions, AirPlay 2 in compatible hotels, Apple Care, crash detection, and TV show and movie wish lists. If you've already downloaded iOS 17.3, Turning on stolen device protection is as simple as navigating to settings, selecting face ID and passcode if you have face ID. If you have a home button, you'll select touch ID and passcode. And then regardless of what type of phone you have, you'll enter your passcode to get into those settings and then scroll down and tap turn on protection. It is that easy. Number two. Last week, we mentioned that we would give an update on the Rabbit R1 when we got more details on how the device works. If you didn't hear that mention, we will be linking to last week's episode in the notes. To recap a little bit, reviewers weren't quite sure how the device would be able to keep user data private. And then beyond that, there was the issue of connectivity and how Rabbit and Teenage Engineering could offer a device for just $200 that would need to connect to the cloud as well as other devices. Turns out that call for concern was warranted, and we got a few more details around how the Rabbit R1 will work. It will benefit from a partnership between Perplexity, Rabbit, and Teenage Engineering that will link Perplexity Pro functionality to the device. In its debut, the Rabbit R1 was said to use a large action model to do its work, but it will apparently also use a large language model to answer user questions and fetch those answers. Perplexity Pro is powered by OpenAI's GPT-4, as well as Claude 2. Late last week, it was announced that the first 100,000 Rabbit R1 models sold would include a free year of access to Perplexity Pro. The cost of that service currently runs at $200 a year if purchased annually or $20 a month. By teaming with a company that uses GPT-4 rather than GPT-3.5, 
Users will have access to what The Verge describes as, quote, live up-to-date answers without any knowledge cutoff, end quote. Still waiting for an in-depth, hands-on review. Looking forward to that hopefully coming soon. But 50,000 units have been pre-ordered so far. The Rabbit site is currently taking orders for the sixth production batch. Number three. If you listen to this podcast on Google Podcasts, I have some sad news for you. Google plans to discontinue the podcast directory on April 2nd of this year. So if you are indeed a Google Podcasts listener, my condolences, you will have until the end of June to either migrate or export your subscriptions to another service. Google is hoping that's going to be YouTube Music, the place where they've decided RSS feeds will live on their variety of platforms. And that makes sense. Taking a look at the app a little more closely, it's pretty simple, along the same lines that Google Podcasts was a pretty simple podcast app. Suggested content is calculated differently on each of those apps, though. I looked at the business podcast suggestions in both apps, And while there was a little bit of crossover, there were some completely different podcasts as well. Now, if you like the simplicity of Google Podcasts and you already use YouTube Music, that might be the transition for you. But there are quite a few different podcast directories out there. I've mentioned before that I listen on Spotify, mainly because it's convenient. It's very easy to go back and forth between podcasts and music. And then there's the fact that I've been listening to Spotify and subscribed to it for quite a long time, probably at least 10 years at this point. And the thought of having to switch over all of my subscriptions and playlists, that is just absolutely daunting. So there's Spotify, there's Apple Podcasts for all my fellow Apple fans, and then there's Podbean. That is who hosts our podcast. They've got a decent podcast app for both iOS and Android, as well as a web version. So think about that if that is something that's important to your listening habits. You can also find our podcast on Podchaser, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Pocket Casts, Deezer, CastBox, Overcast, Amazon Music, Player FM, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, AntennaPod, and BoomPlay, just to name a few. If you would like us to review some of those apps and kind of give you an idea of how you may want to switch, let us know. It has been a while since we took a look at the top podcast apps out there and really dug into the features, and I'm sure that a lot of those apps have been updated. We will also be linking to a resource from Google that outlines how to migrate your podcast shows to YouTube Music. So if that's your plan, definitely check out how that process works. And then there is also a resource for a few of the directories that support something called an OPML import. That is short for Outline Processor Markup Language, just in case you are wondering. I know I was. We'll be linking to an article that documents how to do that on Pocket Casts, Podbean, Player FM, Podcast Addict, and Overcast. If you're looking to migrate your data to Spotify, you can use a third-party pod importer to do that. The process is a little bit more complicated because you have to manually check off each podcast that you would like to follow on Spotify as you import your list. 
And then, of course, with it being a third-party app, you'll have to give it access to your Spotify. So just be aware of that. Spotify does have a setting that allows users to remove integrations and sign out from all devices, just in case you decide to go that route. If your plan is to pick a new directory and handle that migration manually, you can definitely do that as well. It's just going to take a little bit more time and definitely some patience. Number four, this year at tax time, when you go to file your taxes, you might get a little bit of a boost in your refund. And in a somewhat ironic twist, it's all thanks to inflation. Last year, the Internal Revenue Service made some adjustments to a few provisions because of inflation. The standard deduction was increased, and they bumped up tax brackets by 7.1%. Experts are suggesting that some Americans could see up to a 10% increase in their refund. But of course, that all depends on how you handle your taxes and how you're paid. Also, something that I would like to note, there are a lot of articles circling around about a child tax credit bill that would progressively raise the deductible amount per child each year beginning in 2023. Just want to mention that Congress has yet to approve that bill. Some are hopeful that it will happen soon, but it has not happened yet. And regardless of when that approval goes into effect, the IRS begins accepting and processing federal tax returns on Monday, January 29th. If we hear anything about that bill going through, we will definitely report back on it here in a future episode. Number five, on Wednesday this week, CMS released their final national snapshot on the 2024 Marketplace Open Enrollment Period. So I wanted to make sure that we share some of those numbers with you, as well as comparisons to the official numbers from last year. So total 2024 Marketplace OEP plan selections came in at 21,310,538. Those numbers are a 65% increase from last year's 15,878,982 plan selections. Returning customers made up 16,265,248 plan selections, and then 5,045,290 new consumers signed up for coverage through the various marketplaces. I have to highlight Pennsylvania, the state where Ritter Insurance Marketing and this podcast is headquartered. Pennsylvania came in at 419,832 total plan selections, up from 371,516 in 2023. If you want to check out the numbers in your state, highly recommend checking out that report. We will be linking to it in the notes. And that is all we've got for this week's episode. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing, an integrity company. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing and fact check by Tina Lamaru. Podcast designed by Urban Rivera. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. 
follow along with us wherever you like to listen. 